Hey Eagles fans, this is Mike Kay from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today we're going to discuss the 53-man roster, what moves surprised us after the final cutdown, and we'll have a little bit of Gardner Minshew talk, and that has nothing to do with his size. Chris, how you doing today? <laughs> All right, man, not too bad. Let's just just think, next week we'll actually talk, start talking about game one. It, it's crazy how fast this year has moved, man. Wait, we're, we're actually going to talk about football? Like actual football? Weird. Yeah, yeah. Come on, our practices aren't practices the uh, end all be all according to some people. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> uh, apparently that's like the new thing. Um, so let's get into it. Look, we've been we've been off we've been off the earbuds, I guess you could say, um, or us earbud. I, I I don't know. I got a joke there. So there's a dad joke somewhere in there. Um, oh, Look, we wanted to wait till the the roster was kind of complete to kind of break stuff down because we knew the second that we you know, put up a pod, it'd be outdated. The roster's at 52 right now, technically. So there could be something that happens between Friday when we're recording this and Monday morning uh, when practices start. But, you know, Chris, um, when we look at the 53-man or 52-man roster, uh, I think there were some... Interesting moves made there, to say the least. I'm going to pull this up real quick um, and get us situated with this depth chart that is, um, you know, we'll go by each position and kind of talk about what surprised us, what we thought made sense. Look, the quarterback position, the Eagles traded for Gardner Minshew. Okay, let's get that out of the way. Um the Eagles are saying all the right things, saying he's the number three quarterback. Uh, the talking heads are speculating that he could eventually absurd uh, Jalen Hurts. I think you and I are kind of on the same page where it's kind of in the middle of that, where like Gardner Minshew is a guy who fits Jalen Hurts' skill set very, very well. So if the Eagles needed a backup and didn't want to really alter their, their playbook too much, Gardner Minshew would make more sense than Joe Flacco, who um, I thought had a terrific final preseason game. That said, he's a former Super Bowl MVP uh, going up against a bunch of guys who probably weren't going to play in the league uh, beyond that game. So um, where are you at with the quarterback depth chart? Do you think it was the right choice to keep three guys uh, what did you think of the Gardner Minshew trade, which, by the way, was for a conditional sixth round pick that can turn into a fifth round pick if he plays 50 percent of three games this season, which I think tells you he's more of a COVID emergency quarterback than anything. What, what do you think of the move? Well, I think they got good value in the fact that it was a late day three pick that you got for a guy who's who basically played in 23 games last season, uh, over two seasons. So I thought it was good there. I'm a little surprised they carried three on the actual roster because I thought that you could use that spot to fill in for somewhere else, say wide receiver or what we'll talk about later on when it comes to running back. But I think overall he will be the number two eventually. Uh, this is more of a, I think it's a long-term two-year play with a backup quarterback who, like you already mentioned, 
a guy who's a little bit more mobile than Joe Flacco, a guy who can still he he's not going to be a speed demon like when you see going around the edge, but a guy who can you have to respect when they run a zone read if he's in there, and you have to respect his ability to throw on the run. So uh, I think I think this team I I guess this team still wanted to keep Flacco in the sense that he's that veteran ear he can point stuff out because Minshew and Hurts are very very young and 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 they haven't seen a lot of of defenses or even some variations of defenses where Flacco has been in the league for 14 seasons now, and he's seen a lot. So I think it was one of those things. And overall, I think uh, I'm just still shocked. I got three on this roster. Well, when you, when you look at it, I guess the argument made that you could fill another roster spot with that position is kind of moot, right? Because they have 52 spots. They technically can fill a roster spot whenever they want to. Um, but what I will say is this. So, Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon, the two principal coaches on this uh, on this staff, um, coached for the Colts the past few years, and they went up against Gardner Minshew twice. And Gardner Minshew was two and zero against them as a starter. He also completed seventy eight percent of his passes, threw for over four hundred and fifty yards, and uh, produced six touchdowns and only one interception. So they clearly got to see him at his best. Again, I don't think Gardner Minshew is a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. I think he's a top-tier backup. That's what he is. Um, and like you said, I think this is a long-term play. Uh, part of the reason why they drafted Jalen Hurts was to have a, a cost-effective premium backup quarterback uh, for the long term for Carson Wentz. Obviously, we saw how that went. But with Gardner Minshew, he's cost-controlled for the next two years. He can be a guy that eventually either backs up Jalen Hurts or if Jalen Hurts bombs can fill in for him and they can draft somebody else and he can compete with that player. I think there's no downside to it. I, I mean, I, I think it's a B minus of a trade because it seems really superficial. Like it wasn't necessary, but I mean, to the Eagles, everybody knows how they view the quarterback position. So to them, it probably was an A plus. Uh, I don't think it's a, a, a can't lose move, but I also think it's a, a move where, if it doesn't work out, you're not talking about it in a year or two. Uh, Joe Flacco has to be kind of bummed, um, but I think he will get the first opportunity to play uh, if necessary. I think if there's a major injury during the season, you could see Flacco get moved. But the reality of the situation is they paid $3.5 million in guaranteed money to him. They're going to keep him. So from there, let's move on to running back where they went really light. Uh, Kenny Gainwell, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott are the three men in the backfield. Uh, they kept both Jason Huntley and Jordan Howard on the practice squad. That's important because Jordan Howard is a vested veteran. And had he been on the 53-man roster in week one, his salary would have been fully guaranteed. Now, I thought Howard had an okay uh, summer. I didn't think he did enough to earn a job. But the Eagles sat him during the final preseason game. So both of us were of the opinion he was going to make the roster. Remember, with Provid Covid protocols, Provid protocol or COVID, sorry, my brain is like everywhere with COVID protocols. Uh, you know, the Eagles can bring up two guys from the practice squad every single week. And Howard would be, would make sense to put on that, that roster as a practice squad call up without having to guarantee his contract. So, in that sense, I get it. It makes a lot of sense. This is a very shifty but small trio of Gainwell, Sanders, and Boston Scott. What do you think about this running back group? 
Well, that's what you said. They're very small. And I mean, they're very quick. I, I like the what they could possibly do, like running toward the outside. I think they can do and in, in screen game, I think they offer a lot. The thing I'm more worried about is pass protection. I think I think Howard would be your best pass blocker. I mean, we know Kerry and Johnson's gone because with the injury waiver. So I thought he was going to be your one A, one B when it comes to him and Howard. Now you've really you're putting the onus on these guys to learn that. I mean, we saw Gainwell struggle with it at times during practice. Sanders has gotten a little bit better in that aspect, but still, I still have some questions about how, if he can consistently be a good pass blocker, but overall this, they can do a lot of things and and put them in different positions along in in different formations and still get a lot of production out of these guys. So Overall, it looks it, it could be a very promising, th- promising thing, and I'm very sure we'll see Howard week t- week two. So from there, let's move on to wide receiver, where there was a little bit of controversy. You and I both thought that they would keep six wide receivers. They ended up keeping five, cutting Travis Fulgham and John Hightower, two uh, internet favorites. Um, there was a lot of uproar. A lot of people were saying that Travis Fulgham was definitely going to be claimed off waivers. John Hightower was going to be claimed off waivers because of his upside. Well, guess what? Neither one of those guys got claimed off waivers. Resound with the <laughs> practice squad. Pretty humbling experience for them. But again, the Eagles can promote two guys uh, from the practice squad every week. So uh, Fulgham or Hightower could get the jump at some point. Uh, if there are injuries, they could be brought back. It doesn't seem like anybody else in the league is in a hurry to sign them. So, uh, yeah, a fall from grace for both those guys, but hey, they're still around. Oh, and by the way, there's five wide receivers on the 53-man roster. That's Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins, Greg Ward, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. You know, a lot of fans were upset that J.J. Arcega-Whiteside stuck around. I thought he showed a lot during the preseason finale. I think they really wanted to get him on this roster as a backup slot receiver. He was using the slot quite a bit during the summer bigger target they needed a bigger target because like it running back the the group of rager smith watkins and ward is a very small group now they've got speed they've got a lot of route running prowess but not a lot of size and so our sega white side while the scholarship is probably done he's getting an opportunity to show what he can do with a new staff that is very very prominently focused on the wide receiver position and i think when a wide receiver, you know, focused head coach cuts you, um, it says something about Travis Fulgham and John Hightower. I also think when you're kept, it says something about you as well. So, look, Greg Ward was a guy who doesn't bring a lot of versatility to the, the table, and Nick Sirianni still kept him. Um, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is kind of a work in progress entering year three, but they clearly like him in some aspects. I think he showed a lot on special teams, actually. Um, but really, the, the the main trio is going to definitely be Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, and Quez Watkins. Those guys will move around from X, Z, and the slot. I think you'll see uh, Rager and Watkins rotate quite a bit from Z and slot, uh, and Devontae Smith is going to have to work you know, against press coverage at X, but his route running in his first step are always so deadly that I don't think he's going to have to worry a lot about contact initially. What do you think about this wide receiver group? Well, I was among one of them that, that was surprised that, uh, I, I really thought our Sega white side was going to be the odd man out. And well, I was saying, sorry, high was going to be the odd man out, but our Sega white side would be the last guy. And I didn't think he would be kept above both Fogelman and Hightower. I, I was shocked at that, 
But one and, and Sirianni mentions this. I think the what went a long way was that tackle he made after he made it that forty nine yard touchdown or catch and run. Because he, he went down there to the ensuing kickoff. You go down there and fly down and, and you make a tackle. I think that showed a lot, especially for a guy who's going to be a, a wide receiver five five on this. You, you need to contribute on special teams. I think he did that. Uh, overall, I mean, it's pretty much what we expected, especially with those top three. And, and the Watkins one, just, just, just looking back overall where you saw where Quez Watkins was heading into last season now and, and on – on injury reserve, and then slowly worked in once he was healthy and ready to go. Now the fact that you're expecting him to be a contributor at that wide receiver three thing, I think that shows a lot of uh, – he showed a lot of development, and, and he he definitely can looks like he's primed for a decent season. Uh, the Ward thing, I think he's uh, – I, th- I think he kept him on because I think he's like, for lack of a better word, like the, the Den brother of the whole entire group. I mean, a lot of the guys – Last season looked up the guys who were here. Last season looked up to him because he was like the most veteran guy here. And I think over time, uh, I think he's that role continues. So he, he he can be a punt returner if you need to in the long if you need one in the long run. Case line gets hurt, but I think overall, uh, this group is a is very fast, and you now have receivers that can do a lot of different things and can help this offense in the long run. Yeah, totally agree with you. Um, I think when you're looking at the bulk of the pass catchers, um, I think I think tight end is obviously a key position. Zach Ertz spoke with us uh, the other day and talked about how he wants to be here now and retire here. Um, you know, the hurt feelings are kind of in the past. He's going to be a key contributor on offense with Dallas Goddard. This team clearly wants to be an 11 personnel team, one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers. But I think you'll see Ertz and Goddard, you know, rotate pretty regularly. Ertz has sure hands for the most part. Goddard's a better blocker. So we'll kind of see how they they kind of fluctuate in playing time. The Eagles kept Tyree Jackson and Jack Stahl, put Tyree Jackson on injured reserve. Stahl's an interesting guy. I think he's mostly going to be used on special teams as a rookie. Uh, maybe if there's an injury, he gets some playing time. But it appears as if the Eagles are going to pass on bringing back Richard Rodgers, at least for now. Uh, what do you think of the tight end group? Yeah, that, the Stahl one's the biggest shocker. I mean, the Jackson one no, he was on the initial 53 because he was going to be put on IR because it t- somebody was going to claim on you. Even if here, I thought somebody was going to definitely take a chance on him and just sit sit on that. But when you look at Stoll, he, I, I, I'll say this: I was shocked. I thought he'd be more of a practice squad type guy, because when you're looking at, uh, he was targeted. I think the most like in a game he was targeted seven times. He caught he caught four of the passes, but during practice, he like he was fighting the ball at times when he was trying to catch the ball. But his blocking, he's I think he's a better blocker than what people have given. I think that's what also helps if he's ne- if he's needed in in some of these games. So. We'll see. I think we'll see a lot of special teams, and and I'll be. I want to see if they use some three tight end sets in, in the goal line and uh, in short yards because I think that could be very interesting using him as well too. But yeah, I'm shocked that uh, Richard Rodgers is not a. Me, I'm shocked he's not even like like the entire stats on the practice squad, or maybe there's a wink wink notion of hey you come back week two too. But I'm st- I'm and I'm sorry. I hate to repeat myself, but I'm still just shocked that Stoll is on, on here. So let's get into the offensive line. Um, The Eagles were able to get some value for Matt Pryor. They swapped him in a seventh round pick 
to Indianapolis for a six-round pick. My understanding is he's competing for playing time, which is wild to me. Um, if he plays a snap at left tackle, even with the blocking schemes being different, Carson Wentz is in trouble, and he should know he's in trouble. Um, but from there, look, they they kept quite a few offensive linemen. It turns out that um, Jack Driscoll, who played well when called upon, uh, you know, last year as a rookie at right tackle, uh, he's been placed on IR with a pec injury. This is, I think, like the third injury for him. He had a really bad ankle injury last year. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of when he comes back, what his role will be, but the Eagles kept, uh, Jordan Melata as their starting left tackle. That's not really a surprise. If you've listened to us throughout the summer, uh, Isaac Samalo at left guard, Jason Kelsey at center, Brandon Brooks at right guard, Lane Johnson at right tackle. Uh, Landon Dickerson was taken off the non-football injury list is a bit of a surprise. He's starting to practice with the team. Oh, and by the way, he got Matt Pryor's number 69 Jersey. So Twitter, Enjoy that stuff because it's nice. Uh, Andre Dillard, obviously the former first round pick is still on the roster. He'll back up the left side for now. Nate Herbig will be the backup uh, right guard slash backup center. Um, while Dickerson tries to get his feet under him, but I expect Dickerson to eventually be that backup center. Um, and then they kept Brett, Brett Toth, who I thought really played well during the preseason. I kind of noticed him immediately on that Watkins uh, um, screen touchdown in game number one. I think, I think, look, he'll back up right tackle. I mean, like that's what he'll do. Uh, he also has the versatility to play some guard, which you need if you're going to play be on the game day roster. I'd imagine what they do is they keep Dickerson inactive and then Herbig, Toth, and Dillard uh, are active on game days. Those, those will be uh, those along those three guys, along with the starters will be the, the eight guys that are active. Typically you, you do seven, but the way that they're kind of at a loss because Dillard can't play both sides is interesting. I mean, Toth can technically play, play both sides, but you're not going to just bench Dillard. If you have him, in my opinion, what do you think of the offensive line? I think this is the deepest part of deepest position of the team i really do because you can really go like too deep on a lot of so many a lot of these places and I, the tough thing i mean going into camp i just thought to be honest i thought he was like okay he's a guy he's a camp body but he really impressed me his ability him and opeto on that second unit they played really well it sneak sneakily well you saw uh he's very he has good he uses good footwork he was able to get out in space and i really liked what he saw there uh the, it, it would like say my lot of clearly won that that battle at left tackle and dill but well, i'll say this remember la- last year i mean i had my lot of struggle mightily i mean very uh, to me like he struggled a lot in training camp and a lot of us thought he was going to get cut and then you see him come back he kept at it and he and you saw him now he's the starting left tackle you may there may be a situation where you need dillard in there if case he gets hurt because we see him a lot has got has, has missed some time now with injuries so you kind of hope that the same thing kind of happens with dillard that if it does happen he's able to step in and and play at a decent level i still think my overall better tackle but you gotta hope that his confidence or he finds something to play a lot better because he's in a very similar situation that my was in last year and you just hope that uh he starts listening to the offensive line coach Jeff Stoutland and, and things get right with him. 
Yeah, and you know what's interesting is they also still have reinforcements. Uh, Raven, uh, Raven Clark he got put on the practice squad. Coyote Awasika, um, the undrafted guard who they really like, got on the practice squad. Suo Peta, who's been around for years. Uh, Ross Pierschbacher. So they, they have like hardcore reinforcements on the offensive line. So I think that's pretty encouraging. Switching over to the defense, uh, they went a little bit heavier than I think we thought they would go. Uh, Derek Barnett, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave, Josh Sweat, uh, Ryan Kerrigan, Milton Williams, and then Marlon, well, Mr. T, uh, <laughs> Tua Pilatu, and uh, Teron Jackson. And then they brought back Hassan Ridgeway after placing uh, some guys on IR. Um, T.Y. McGill got placed on the COVID-19 list. He'll probably be back. He's probably that 53rd guy. Um, so, look, I, I think that they're very deep on the defensive line. Um, you're going to see Cox, Graham, and Hargrave anchor the group, and then Barnett and Sweat will probably rotate based on matchup. Um, Kerrigan will play both the weak side and the strong side of the defensive line. He's got the ability to also stand up. Uh, Milton Williams is going to back up Graham on the strong side. Um, and Teron Jackson could be a weak size as redshirt to develop. I don't know if he's going to be active to start the season, but we'll see. I think Mr. T is probably going to be a weekly inactive unless they really, really need him. Hassan Ridgeway can back up both Cox and Hargrave if they need to. Plus McGill can play three technique behind Cox if, if necessary. So I think they've got a good group here. What's your take? It is. It's another. It's probably the second deepest part of this team. And I look at the way the development that uh, Milton Williams has has had over since he's uh, gotten here in the offseason. The Eagles drafted him, he's, and it's really encouraging just the versatility he can show from that out playing the outside and also playing on the inside. I'm really looking forward to that second unit because you can you can really just having those two units. You can get like we seen in the past when the Eagles had it, especially in 2017, allowing the older guys like Graham and Cox to get a breather and still have the production from that second, that second line that second wave of pass rushers. I think it's going to be huge over time and you can manage their snaps and, and you still get a, a, an effective pass rush on there. So uh, these guys are good run stuffers too. So you don't have to worry about them just constantly like, okay, th- putting themselves out of position. I like, worry about trying to rush the pass or a lot in the wide nine and then leaving so many gaps open. These guys, I believe can, take fill up some gaps and play and set the edge enough so these linebackers can come up and make some plays. So overall this, this unit looks very encouraging. And you bring up linebackers. So let's get into that. Um, Kind of what we expected a little bit. I think, I still think the Sam linebacker position is a bit of window dressing. Um, I think Alex Singleton will eventually be the starter at Sam because you want your best three linebackers on the field. So in theory, you'd want Eric Wilson at will uh, TJ Edwards at Mike and then Alex Singleton at Sam. But for now, we'll continue the facade. Uh, it's so they kept those three guys. On top of that, they kept Sean Bradley, Jannard Avery, Patrick Johnson, and Davian Taylor. So seven linebackers. Davian Taylor was not put on IR despite being listed as week to week with a calf injury. That's an encouraging sign. In theory, you would have, um, if they do use Jannard Avery as their starting Sam, it would be. Probably Singleton at Will, uh, Wilson at Mike, Avery at Sam. Um, Davian Taylor would back up Avery at Will, or, or sorry, at Sam. 
uh, or sorry, let me start over. <laughs> so the backups would be TJ Edwards is the backup Mike. Davian Taylor is the backup Will. And then Patrick Johnson is the backup Sam. And then Bradley could kind of play all three positions. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out and who's active on game day. I, I think that Taylor's probably going to need a couple of days or a couple of weeks off. Potentially, that's fine. Bradley can play Will and Mike. Um, Avery's been out there practicing despite missing like the last three weeks of training camp. I thought Patrick Johnson showed a lot, but I also think he's probably going to be an inactive player. Uh, it'd be hard to place to have six guys on the active roster at the linebacker position. What's your take on linebacker? Well, I thought Patrick Johnson, he came out of, no, he, I think he had nowhere and you know, a seventh round pick and he, he is, he really truly established himself that he deserved to belong on his roster. I was really impressed in his preseason, seeing him make tackles. It seemed like he was everywhere when it came, uh, he was, he was able to find the ball. He was, he looked, he was a pretty short tackler. So I thought that was very encouraging. Uh, I'm a little, I'm still a little concerned with how much time Davian Taylor has missed over these past two seasons. I mean, he, he's still dealing with those injuries, and, and I'm just worried, or sort of like with Driscoll now, sort of wondering about his availability if he can consistently stay on the field and, and be a contributor. But overall, I, I like the way this this unit is assembled. Uh, I think they both, I think a lot of these guys can get from sideline to sideline and, and have a good way of note and, and have a good news of finding the ball. The one thing I want to see is make sure that they don't, uh, if they consistently tack like the whole entire unit, because during the preseason there were instances where you saw a couple, uh, they missed a couple tackles and it, it raised a lot of questions. But overall, I think they'll be a little bit better in pass coverage overall, and it should be interesting to watch. All right, uh, let's get into the secondary. Where I think it, they are frighteningly understaffed. Uh, so. They kept nine DBs. Uh, initial, the initial group was Rodney McLeod, Avante Maddox, Anthony Harris, Stephen Nelson, Darius Slay, Kayvon Wallace, Zach McPherson, uh, Marcus Epps, and uh, Josiah Scott. And Josiah Scott got placed on IR with a hamstring injury. Um, on Thursday, they claimed Andre Chachir, I believe is how you pronounce his name, uh, who can play cornerback and safety, gives you a little bit of flexibility there. We don't know if Rodney McLeod, who was taken off PUP last week, uh, is going to be able to play in week one. That leaves them frighteningly, you know, understaffed uh, in the secondary because Kayvon Wallace had been dealing with an on and off groin injury throughout training camp as well. So you're probably going to start Marcus Epps and Anthony Harris at safety. Um, and then you're going to have Nelson and, and Slay outside a corner of Ante Maddox at nickel. Zach McPherson will back up uh, the outside while Chachir backs up, I guess, nickel and safety um, with Kayvon Wallace. So, yeah, I mean, look, Chachir has a background with Jonathan Gannon, but he's also never played in a regular season game. He had a really nice preseason, plays well on special teams. It's just it's kind of you're kind of, you know, playing with fire here. I mean, they can get it done. I mean, eight guys is enough to kind of move around a lot of versatility here. Um, Steven Nelson can move inside if necessary. Uh, Maddox can move outside if needed. Um, Kayvon Wallace can play in nickel. Epps can play in nickel. So they've got guys to move around. It's just not a great group uh, from a depth standpoint. Granted, in the NFL, not a lot of places have really good third safeties or fourth corners, et cetera. But 
I don't know. If Roddy McLeod can't play, they're they're in a really tough spot. What's your overall impression of the secondary? This is where they really need to use this fifty third spot to find somebody to add on to there. Because I'm of all the groups of all the positions on this team, I'm really worried about the depth here in case there's an injury. Because if 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 something happens to either Darius Slay or or Steve Nelson, I especially week one <laughs> going against like Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. I know Kyle Pitts is going to move around, but that's just going to be, that, that, there's a lot of questions about this. And Zach McPherson, he's still working his kinks out. He's a rookie, he's still learning his way. And and we saw what Cam Newton, when he was with the Patriots, they were, when he was targeted a lot, you saw what he was, what that New England was able to do on and, and get, pick up some yards against him. So, I really have a lot of questions. I don't know, and I don't know what they can do. I mean, I don't foresee them using a draft pick, a high draft pick to bring another guy in there. I mean, they'd be looking at the waiver wire, and we saw Chancieri come in here, and that's where, it, where it, and he brought him in, so he gives you some depth. But even then, I, I just look at that Josiah Scott. I mean, he's on he's on eyes, so you don't have him for three games, so you better hope nothing happens with Maddox in the slot, because then you're really in trouble. It's I, this is where this is one of the areas where I wish that they did, and going back to that, they either didn't pick up or use that on a quarterback or something else. But I, I hope for the Eagles' sake that they're still looking around or still talking to some of these other teams to bring somebody else in to shore up that area because there's just just way too many question marks. They're very young, uh, very experienced, and I and think the backup especially is thin on talent overall. Well, the good news for them, if you want to take the positive approach, is they were able to sneak Craig <laughs> James onto the practice squad. He can play both nickel and outside. Uh, and again, got to bring it up. You can elevate two guys from the practice squad every week. So maybe that's part of their plan uh, there. Uh, Harry Roseman has thought really highly of Craig James for the last two years. Um, maybe that's kind of their play. But yeah, it's it's not very encouraging. The specialists all ran unopposed. Jake Elliott, Rick Lovato, Aaron Sipos. Um, so they're here. Uh, they brought in a, three unfamiliar faces on the practice squad. Keyshawn Johnson, an interesting uh, route runner from the Cardinals. Um, Marvin Wilson, an undrafted rookie who played horribly with the Browns, but had a very nice college pedigree. And then Nick Eubanks, a tight end who went to Michigan and played for the Cowboys this, this preseason, but didn't stick. So, look, overall, I mean, a lot of people talk about this roster being terrible. I don't see that. I think they're like a middling roster. I think it really depends on if the offensive line can stay healthy and Jalen Hurts uh, can play adequately. I think this team wins eight or nine games. Um, where do you think they're at uh, for your final thoughts? I think this is a – see, I have one less. I, I think it's a seven-win team. But it's what you expect. And it's what a team that's trying to develop talent for the future should look – is going to be at. I think you got a lot of young guys that you want to get experience, and I hope that they allow to get experience and not try to chase a division championship. If so, if the young guys help you get – put you in that position to do so, then that's even better. I think you're ahead of schedule. But right now I think this is more of a development year focused on getting these – your younger skill positions, some more experience so that when it comes time to 2022, 2023, you know what you have. You can add the pieces around there and then you really try to go for a division and, and a conference, the NFC and everything else. I think that's the, that's the play here. But overall, it's 
it, it's it's an average roster, put it that way. Yeah, that's what I think. I think it's an average roster. I don't think it's a terrible roster. So with that said, uh, make sure you sign up for Eagles Extra, uh, nj.com slash text. Chris and I are, are uh, really having a lot of fun with that, with the group that's on there. Uh, text straight to your phone. You don't have to deal with the clutter of uh, Twitter. You don't have to deal with like the uh, notifications where if one of us, I won't mention names, but probably me, tweets about wanting wings, you don't get that brought up on your phone. You have to deal with that. <laughs> Instead, you just get all your Eagles information right to your phone. We also do Q&As. So it's a good old time. Um, also, make sure to subscribe wherever you subscribe to podcasts for the No Huddle Show podcast. Um, for Chris, I'm Mike. We will talk to you in week one, which by the way, is only a couple of days away. Have a good one.